We're here. We're here. We're here, folks. We're folks, ready to serve. We're fucking here. Ready to serve up. You got a served. dose of story time. <laughs> you about to get served. <laughs> Starring Channing Tatum. As Carrie Ippema. You feel closer today. We're too close for my liking. (laughs) This is six feet. What would Fauci say? (laughs) Fauci. mm. Here's the problem. This tree is unruly. This tree is inching me closer to death and you. Which are the same thing, coincidentally enough. I gotta get it out of here. It's like, it's... Well, it's it's really there as a Foley artist prop for you. It is. You've it, used it many times I on this like podcast. I feel like the Dear Readers, you know it well at this point. Sound familiar? Is it sound like rain in the Foley? Do you want me to get you a rain stick? question I did want to ask you on the podcast because I feel like it's a little controversial and so I wanted to start off by just asking you what would you label garlic oh um obviously a fruit no I don't fucking know what do you mean <laughs> this is but that's the question you an have aromatic. to answer an aromatic that's like a subset of like oh I'm gonna go plant some aromatics I guess that works what would you label it oh I don't know I asked the question I don't have to answer it oh no Ah, what would That's it? That's true. Because it's, it's not a vegetable. Would you call it a spice? No. Maybe? Because it comes in garlic powder form, which is a spice. Yeah, no. But, like, what would you consider a spice? Oh, maybe. Oh, that's so hard. Maybe it's a spice. It's a hard-hitting question. I don't expect, like, <sighs> God, to have you're answers. Coming in. Yeah, this is really tough. Good for you. Thank you. I feel um, like we don't ask enough hard-hitting questions, and I think that's what people want from a true crime comedy podcast. I have to apologize to you because... you don't care? No. Yeah, because I don't give a shit is the thing <laughs> about that question. No, because I realized that last week you babysat for me for free, and then I didn't offer to buy you dinner. What do you, what do you mean? I think it was the last time you were here. You fed me dinner. And then I was, whenever we ordered Ethiopian, I feel like I went to charge you for it at some point. Like, we had that whole conversation about offsetting the cost with the pipe. Yeah. And I obviously should have bought you dinner because you helped. Anyway, I'm going to make amends and I'm going to ask you, can I please buy you dinner tonight? And can you please stay late and babysit while I have a training session? Of course. I'll stay late and babysit. But Quinn, Slash wait a Matt will be here. Matt I just mean here. really I... babysit Matt so yeah, that he be... doesn't well, I'll just hang out. Honestly, suicide himself doing... because he hates his children. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. If you listen to a couple episodes, you saw Matt playing Mr. Mom with like, all... that was my favorite. I was listening to that episode back and Matt with like all the kids around him and we're like yelling at him for getting the Oh, speaking of being fans of ourselves and listening to ourselves, I just edited the um, the teeny tiny creepy that's going out to all the Patreon subscribers. And I was telling Carrie, it's a great episode. It's excellent. Sorry to the Patreon. This is the first one we've actually been proud of. (laughs) (laughs) Not true, but it is a really good episode. And there's like seven out now. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, 
you must feel so left out right now. You I must know. feel weird. You like, like feel like it's like we have it's an like inside jokes. and we're like talking about the how we all like uh, went to Waterworld over the weekend, but you didn't come because your mom didn't let you, and it's going to be like that and all the inside jokes we created there for the next few weeks, and you're going to be just like crying sitting at a lunch table by yourself. It's okay. It's listen, it's not okay. I, okay. <laughs> Did you watch In and of Itself? Not yet. Because I was researching. And also, I'm just not in the mood to watch live theater because it makes me too sad. Okay? Oh, it I'll will make it. you sad. But dear readers, it In makes and of Itself so on Hulu sad. is really... Uh, I don't want to give anything away. I almost think um, the best thing to do is just watch it. Watch but In and of Itself. It's a theatrical event that happened in New York a couple of years ago. And actually... I, I think, think it was like last year, Quinn. Okay. <laughs> Time is weird. I think you'll agree. Um <laughs> Carrie, I think, babysat for Matt and I, and we went, and, and it was a date night. And that I did a get a free night. meal. And that I did get a meal. No. That's great. I think I left you a can of soup and was like, you know what? Heat this no up. No can opener. It was a little, like, Leave survivalist. It was like, <laughs> can you survive babysitting? Go. <laughs> He's an angel. He's an angel, baby. He an really angel is. sent from heaven. Okay, yeah. So here's the thing. Watch it. I have a hard time, personally, I have a hard time watching live theater because it makes me really fucking sad. Yeah, it said Matt said it made him miss theater. Cause, so we saw it live. That's how I felt about Hamilton. I was crying. I do love Hamilton, but I was I couldn't finish it because I truly, tears were streaming down my face because I missed theater. <laughs> God, I sound like such a yeah. loser. You, you, I'm picturing like, yeah, you're like one of those horrible musical theater kids that like <laughs> is like, I miss theater. No, I, like, I did go to school right, for musical theater. So there's that whole aspect to it. But not surprising. I'm not someone who's like, Obsessed with theater. I, it sounds like I am obsessed with theater. Maybe I should own it. I'm and a, you're a I'm Disney, a Disney adult. adult and I'm obsessed with theater. I'm oh, my the own worst, worst kind of person. Yeah, you're like just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like, I think it made me feel, well, I, I could justify it or we could just call me a loser. Let's do that. That's easier. It's faster. It's way faster to just call me a loser. Um, <laughs> by the way, I have to tell you, I have an interview at the end of this week. Someone from the from the um, radio show Big Fat Joey, that's the name of it, reached out and they're like, we want to talk all things sex in the city. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, I have such imposter syndrome about do it. Do they want to talk to me since I know so much about it? <laughs> You think it's I like thought the Samantha Avengers? Jones was a superhero. <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're not but interested. Either way, they're I can take like, a hint. Do they know I don't do that show anymore because I haven't done it in a year but I was like I guess no one's in any shows I guess we're all experts again because no one's done anything and if you want to watch theater the best place to go for it is Hulu sadly so <laughs> Hulu Disney I recommend Plus, it go there Amazon Prime they all have their own little theater show yeah good for them yeah um I have to tell you what happened to me this week dun 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 so you remember when I had the phone drama it's made me very like scared of losing images and data and stuff right so I took my old computer uh that I that's dead Mm -hmm. um but has a bunch of pictures that I haven't been able to get off it right and I took it to a data recovery specialist in this neighborhood and well I didn't take it Matt did I'll be honest and Matt dropped it off and, like, has been talking to the guy about what he can get off my computer. And then, basically, the guy got everything he could get off that computer, put it on a hard drive, and was like, you can come pick up the hard drive. 
I happened to be out running errands the other day and Matt was like, oh, why don't you go grab the hard drive from right. this guy? It's at this house. Here's the address. And House? Uh, yeah. So I live in a neighborhood gotcha. with all these uh, old Victorian homes in it. There is um, basically this guy, obviously, he works from home. Don't we all currently? Right. So I go to pick it up and Matt's like, he'll just meet you outside with it. I'm like, great. I get to this big, beautiful house on a corner and the guy, I call him and he's like, okay, I'll be right out. And then he opens the side door to his house and he's like, come on in. Ooh. And I, it's just not what I was expecting. And also, I, yeah, no. Um, But I was like, oh, okay, like. I, yeah. I cross the threshold and I'm thinking he's just going to turn and get it and hand it to me and that he's just being polite. But then he's like, follow me. Ooh. And we go up like a mini flight of stairs to a landing. And I notice the entire house is like rooms that have just weird boxes and construction equipment and trash on the floor and peeled up carpeting. And then I walk up to the second level and it's worse. And it's walls peeling and falling apart. And just stuff on the ground like tools, like you're working, but tools that look like if you pick them up, there would be like the dust outline. Like they've been there that long. Oh my God. It honestly felt like someone found the house after it had been left unlived in for 40 years. And that they were squatting there because there was just garbage everywhere and every room was in a complete state of dilapidation. And it looked so, so scary in a way that like, what you do like a hoarder situation almost like just like you're you're like, I think I'm getting sicknesses from just standing in this house. And then it gets worse because he's like, follow me. Do you, oh he goes, no. Do you have it? Something about like, do you not like animals? Which is a weird thing to be accused of. Um, but I was like, no, I'm fine with animals. And then I, he opens a door and a pit bull comes out, and the pit bull is like aggressively sniffing me, and I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. And you're in and his. I'm in oh his God, house. That's so and, scary, Quinn. And I'm like, you. You're supposed to hand me a hard drive. Like, I'm not here to, like, get a haircut from you. Why is this taking so long? And then he's like, follow me. And me, the pit bull, and him go up another. And it's a mansion. So it's, like, this huge, wide stairway. But everything is falling apart. And we walk up this stairway. You're not going to believe it. It gets worse. No. It's, but, like, really bad. We start to walk up this stairway. And we turn the corner of the stairs and there's a large floor to ceiling in the middle of the stairs iron gate and we walk through (gasps) the gate and he shuts it and it locks and we're now upstairs in his home with a locked iron gate behind us and a pit bull and i'm like what am i doing why am i so why am I so uncomfortable and with myself with that it. I can't be like, oh, like, Quinn. why wasn't I like, can you, you know what? I'll wait right here. We've why, all been why in that situation. Even, but it's like it progressed there. so quickly slash slowly yeah. in the sense that I had so many moments to be like, no, 
but I had already done, done it. that far. It, and you also oh. are like, this guy has something of mine. I want it. I just want to be agreeable. If I do this dice, then I'll get out. Like, there's so many ways to justify it in that moment. Like, and, like if I were telling this story and something bad had happened to me in this house as a result, it's like the kind of stories that when we tell, we're like, why did she go up the stairs? She saw the gate. Why would she against all? She saw the pit bull. That's when I would have turned around. And then when you're doing it, you're just like doing it. Yeah. And you're not fucking totally. giving yourself uh, what the out. You're not allowing yourself to so say no weird. more. I'm done. I don't think of myself as that person. And I just let this guy take me to the top floor of his very, very scary house that is a wreck and he had a pit bull and an iron gate that locked and he finally hands me the hard drive and I'm looking around like my eyes are just darting room to room and every room is a complete disaster and he was like I'm fixing this place up myself and I was like no you're not Okay. Like, sure, sure, like, sure. Let me go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 cool, 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 cool. cool. I'll follow you on Instagram. Follow for follow by. <laughs> follow for follow by. I'm so happy you're like, here in person. And I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And so uh, he hands me the hard drive, and I'm like, great. And I like rush to the gate, and I can't open the gate because it's like automatically <laughs> locked. And he was like, let me get that. And I'm like shaking and he opens the gate and I like run down the stairs run out the door I'm being so fast and rude and crazy and he like peeks his head out from the door and this was the day it was a blizzard and he's like be careful and I'm like what and he's like oh it's supposed to start snowing at five and I'm like is it okay um okay great great meeting you goodbye and I like ran and when I got home I was like Matt you didn't tell me about that house and he's like, I told you you would hate the house. And I'm like, you you yeah. really undersold the how scary the house and was. Scary. And I was really, sh- like, shaken up by the whole thing. Oh. So I was talking to him and I go, I hated that. I fucking hated that. You didn't tell me about this iron gate. Oh, I did mention the iron gate to the guy. I was like, oh, weird gate. And he goes, yeah, this used to be a hospital. And you're like, what kind of hospital? Why do okay. you need a locking iron gate? <laughs> At the top floor for the medicines. I was so scared. So I'm telling Matt this, and Koa's kind of listening to us. And then Koa got obsessed, where he was like, Mama, tell me about the scary house again. And I was like, well, there was a dog and a gate. And he goes, oh, Mama, we have to go back. And I was like, no, Koa, I'm never going back. I'm never going back there. And he's like, I think we have to. I think me and you and Papa have to go back to see the scary house. So he's like my therapist. And he really wants, he wants me to like work through therapy, it. But also, I'm not you kind of made him do the spook. He, but he likes that stuff because that was what he did for the scary house. He would go back all the He'd time go back all to deal with house. his feelings. That is a horrifying, scary story. And I'm so glad you're okay. And it's like... Someone, you but know, is that guy okay? It no, doesn't seem it doesn't like he's seem like okay. He's, did you get a lot of pictures back? Did you check the hard drive? Uh, no, I won't even touch the hard drive. As it's soon as I brought it home, I burned it. You're like, not interested. I was like, it was in that guy's house. Do you know what? There was this TikTok that this woman said that I think is like totally um, appropriate for this conversation where she talked about like how this idea of Russian roulette, like you see a gun, you put one gun, you spin it, would you click it to your head, right? This idea, you know, mm-hmm. you know the game Russian roulette. 
And she yes, was like, and the story I just told you in and of itself, the show starts with a really long story about Russian roulette ooh, that you will love. Okay, good. Anyway, teaser. But what I loved about this, and then she goes, now imagine one in six women have been a victim of sexual assault. Oh. And so she's like, when a woman is nice to someone, she doesn't know which of those bullets they are. Which one, which which man is the bullet? Which man's the bullet? Oh, God. Which I thought was like such a fucking good analogy and like why women can be standoffish, why we are entitled to not be nice or to trust our blink or all this stuff because we're not sure which guy is the fucking bullet. Yeah, I definitely did not trust my blink because my blink was blinking its motherfucking head off. I bet you wish you had that birdie, that little siren thing that I got. Oh, totally. I also just will never leave the house again. Like, that's the thing. (laughs) I, like, don't generally leave the house. And when I got home, I was like, well... That was proven to be a failure. I'm not doing it again. What I what I think is so amazing, too, about it is, like, he thought you were going to meet him outside. So it, and we're in a pandemic. So we have all these excuses right now to be like, I don't feel comfortable going in. And I didn't even say that. I should have just said. But you should have, could have, would have, should have. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you should have said X, Y, and Z. What's amazing is how quickly our defenses are are brought down because we just want to be okay go with the flow like not cause a ruckus not offend anyone right like the way we ignore our own instincts to not offend someone is i mean that's what happens all these times right like that's every story that we tell but i'm such the person that gives advice and can't take my own advice no we've all been there i mean i told the story about how a police officer pulled me in the side of his car the police officer this was a lunatic yeah but matt had met him matt had met him before there was and matt had been in the house i think that gives a lot of like security because you're like, my husband just went here. Like, my husband has been here before. He knows what, like, there's some sense. I bet yeah, I mean, gave you to a false fair, sense of security. Matt knew I was there, and the guy knew that Matt knew that. Yeah. So I was, like, not totally thinking something would happen to me, but it was just as, it was more that I was like, why did I let myself be in such an uncomfortable situation? You don't even need to go that far. Forget even about danger for a right. minute and just say, like, I didn't feel good about that. It made my whole day fucking weird. And at any point, I had the right to be like, I got to go. I'm paying you to put some stuff on a hard drive. I don't need to come into your house to collect it. And I should have just maybe stayed put on your the office street. on the first floor. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if you could call it an office. I wish. Where did he live, do you think? Like, oh where do you think God. he lived? His bed I mean, was. I think it's a really. Oh, I don't know. And I just can't believe it's that bad. Like, the house is really bad in a way where I was like, you need to hire someone. It is so crazy. You think you can do this yourself? Ugh. Anyway, that was my week. I think we should probably get started. I got my information from Wikipedia, a Medium article by Ben Kajiyama and an All That's Interesting. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And it is, may I say, interesting. (laughs) <laughs> this is the story of Annalise Michelle. Do you know it? Maybe. Okay. I mean, who knows? She was born in Bavaria in 1952 to a Roman Catholic family, religious. Uh, she had three sisters, and and her parents are Joseph and Anna. Her, like I said, her family's religious. She goes to mass twice a week. Ooh, that is religious. It sounds religious. I bet that priest is staying in Latin, too. You know, I bet it's fucking real. Um, Probably in German. They're in 
West Germany. Still Latin. In Roman Catholic. West, West Germany. Germany. <laughs> Born and raised. Annalise says, spending most of her days. At math. <laughs> Incidentally. She was like, up in this <laughs> in Catholic school. I can go Oh, on. my God. That's a really good. good one. Yeah, it works. Okay. Maybe you can add this. When she's 16, she blacks out at school. I don't mean the way I black out. Too much drinking, not feeding. <laughs> That's if I've only had oysters and I have a couple of pickle martinis. Yeah, not that way. She definitely, like, she blacks out, like, doesn't remember, but she's kind of walking, like, trancy. Okay. Like, walking around, doesn't remember what happened, and everyone's right. like, you okay? And then a year later, something sort of similar happens where she wakes up and feels like she's in some kind of trance and she's wet her bed. Who hasn't been there? Right. But she ends up having, like, some convulsions. Ooh. Okay. So she's like, something's really wrong with me. Um, They go to a neurologist, and he's like, you have temporal lobe epilepsy. Okay. That checks out. That makes sense. Causes seizures, causes loss of memory. The other thing it does cause, unfortunately, is visual and auditory hallucinations. Okay. Um, temporal lobe. It also, temporal lobe epilepsy can cause this other uh, syndrome called Geschwind syndrome. That's really interesting. Geschwind has five things attributed to it. One is hypergraphia, which is this intense desire that you want to draw or write. The other thing it causes is hyper religiosity like which is weird she's already religious but it makes you hyper can you imagine that you would like have a disease that one of the symptoms is super religious like to it me, makes that you feels religious just like someone who's like amenable to like someone who's like very malleable that feels like so i feel like hyper religiosity is probably also someone who like will join cults easily you know what i mean is like highly I Not just never heard that, of a sickness that has that as its as a, as a symptom. symptom. But this was in the fifties, right? This was in the sixties, seventies. Yeah, sixties. I mean, they thought homosexuality was a <laughs> right. Well, the other things that Geschwind uh, causes are um, so reduced sexuality or an atypical sexuality, an intensified mental life, hyperimagination. Yeah, I seems like a nice way of saying that you would be a little bit hallucinating or a little right. bit kooky. But I like how they say it, intensified mental life. And then it causes something I think you and I actually suffer from called circumstantiality, which is basically a disturbed pattern of speech or writing characterized by delay in getting to the point because of the interpolation of unnecessary details and irrelevant remarks. Wait, so what is this called? What is <laughs> circumstantiality? We have some... Oh, Kleenex! Circumstantiality. <gasps> Yay, thank Tissue. you! Okay, thank you. That I mean, I know that's so gross. I apologize, but we got... Girls gotta blow. Girls gotta blow. Circumstantiality. Circumstantiality. We have that. Should I we just, get treated for it is the question. Do you get a circumcision or... for circumstantiality? <laughs> <laughs> They've got to have the same. They've got to have the same base word: circumstantiality, circumcision. What's the connection? What's the Latin connection? Um, the Latin connection. Unnecessary details is, Unne I guess, the. 
So that's you don't, really good. You don't have to have all five for it to be for you to be diagnosed with Geschwind. And even if you have, obviously, even if you have temporal lobe epilepsy, you don't have Geschwind. It's different. Okay. I just thought I'd say that. In 73, she graduates and she goes to University of Wurzburg and she's on meds for the epilepsy. She's not like super popular. I think like most of her classmates are like, you're very religious and quiet. Um, you're kooky, I think is the word you you're used. You're a little kooky. You're a little kooky. Um, and even though she's on these meds for this and they kn- think they know what it is, she has another seizure. And she's like, I think I know why I'm having another seizure. I think it's because I'm possessed by a demon. Hyperreligiosity. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's why the meds aren't working. I need a solution that isn't medical. She wants an exorcist, doesn't she? Exorcist. Doesn't everyone? So she's calling it a demon. The medical community would beg to differ. They're calling it epilepsy. And they are calling it psychosis due to this epilepsy. Right. She's also diagnosed shortly after this, though, with depression. And she is treated at a psychiatric hospital. She starts saying that she's seen the devil's face all over the place and that she can hear demons whispering in her ears. Okay. All this, what's so funny is everything you say can be explained away based on the... Combination of epilepsy... The symptoms of this... Mental illness. Yeah. Sure. So in 1970, she has a third seizure at the hospital where she's been staying... And they give her anti-convulsion drugs for the first time. And they don't really work. She starts again saying, like, I'm seeing devil faces. She is prescribed another drug that's used in the treatment of, I don't know, schizophrenia, people that have delusions, people that have disturbed behavior. It's a, It doesn't work either. And she starts to hear the demons telling her that she's damned and that she'll rot in hell while she's praying. So she's like, you guys, it's the devil. The yeah. psychiatric hospital does not help her, essentially. Like, they, her health is not improving. Her depression's getting worse. She, for like five years, takes a variety of different pharmaceutical drugs. Nothing's fixing the issue. And then it actually gets worse because she starts finding that she's intolerant of any sort of Christian sacred symbols. I read a book about, I forget what it's called, but it was so good. It was a graphic novel memoir about a boy and his family's journey in like the Is 60s it about and a boy? 70s. About, no. No, okay. um, but the ep- his brother had epilepsy and like how difficult it was to medically intervene of like, or pharmaceutically intervene. Mm-hmm. Her, like none of the medicines would work on his brother and his family was like controlled by his epileptic seizures and how trying of a time. And I can't imagine, like, I don't think that pharma, uh, psychopharmacology, is that the word? Whoa. I think, I don't think psychopharmacology is always an exact science. And with epilepsy, I think the treatments vary so broadly. It's like mental illness. They're both totally. and really this is tricky, I guess, to it. treat. And especially exactly. would have been even more so at the time. Exactly. And I think, too, it's while she's having these, like, religious ideations or re- religious, like, um, uh, relig- this way of sort of explaining it in her hyper-religiosity, mm-hmm. it would be that much harder to combat with psychopharmacology because she doesn't believe that that's actually the issue. She thinks it's a fucking demon. Right. Ugh, that's so... 
and nobody can tell her otherwise. Ooh, that's so dark. That's really frustrating. She goes to San Damiano with a family friend who organizes Christian pilgrimages. She goes with, I think, this family friend and a priest. And the friend is like, they kept calling them the escort, but I think that's a misleading (laughs) word. Um, (laughs) I was like, ooh. Ooh, Ooh, party. Okay. Um, So when they go, the friend's like, oh, she's definitely possessed because she can't really deal with uh, walking by crucifixes and she doesn't drink the holy water. The priest says... She was unable to enter the shrine. She approached it with the greatest hesitation and then said the soil burned like fire and she simply could not stand it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden and it seemed to her that while praying they were gnashing their teeth. She got as far as the edge of the little garden then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ. She made it several times to the garden, but could not get past it. And she also noted to the priest that she wasn't able to look at medals or pictures of saints because they were too sparkly. They, like, hurt her eyes. Wow. So she's having... Some it sounds like a really intense. bad acid trip, doesn't totally, it? Like she's like, totally. This is what I'm perceiving everything to be, and it's like heightened and scary. And, and she also was really religious, going twice a week. So this is like something she fucking leaned on, and now it's turning on her. Yeah. Ugh. And she's like in Bavaria, so she can't call Ed and Lorraine. So she's no. like, what am I going to do? But so she's like, obviously, go, to going to priests and being like, can you help? And they're like. No dice. Despite every single movie you've seen about us, we actually aren't into exorcisms. Um, And we have to get permission anyway. Uh, But she, it's getting bad, 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 bad. She starts doing things like ripping all the clothes off her body. She would crawl under a table and she barked like a dog for two days. That sounds so exhausting. She ate spiders. She ate coal. She Cole? bit the head off a dead bird. She licked her own piss off the floor after peeing on it. And she also, I read, compulsively performed 400 squats a day, which confirms my suspicion that the devil did, in fact, invent squats. <laughs> <laughs> Her ass, though, could amazing. Quit. She incredible leg and ass. <laughs> Holy shit, she looked good. So, because things get so, so intense, this priest Ernst Alt, which is the craziest name, Ernst Alt, Ernst Alt, is like, look, she doesn't look epileptic to me, which is a really weird thing to say. <laughs> what, like. That's the weirdest. She doesn't look, you don't look epileptic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. So he's Ernst like Ernst knows. Ernst Alt knows. <laughs> so he's like, I don't believe these are seizures. He starts communicating with her in a letter to him in 1975. Annalise writes, "I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me." And in another letter, she wrote, "I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel." And I'm like, yeah, I draw the line at squats. I don't suffer for anyone. No. Because they don't want they don't want me to suffer. People don't want I don't want anyone to Nobody suffer for wants me. You to suffer. I don't want you to suffer for me. 
don't I'm I don't not know personal trainers you. want you to suffer they do and that's no why pain, they have no you gain. do squats Ugh. so since shit's gotten real Ernst Alt and this other priest Arnold Renz get permission from local bishop Joseph Stangle in 1975 okay, and they're Joseph. like can we exercise the demon and he's like yeah you can you have to do it according to the ritual romanium of 1614 right so he's like right right, right. of course 1614 i'm familiar yeah yeah yeah. for the readers who are not familiar with the uh can you elaborate basically he's like don't get fancy do it by the book the roman book (laughs) right 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 right. that's what i was gonna say but i just Lost track. Right, right, right. I, I mixed it with the 1618 one. Oh, yeah. It's a common <laughs> mistake. So the bishop that's saying, like, it's okay for them to do it is like, also, guys, um, can you keep this top secret? I don't really want it getting out that we're performing exorcisms. <laughs> and I realize this is like 1975. So shit's starting to hit the fan with all the sex abuse stuff. The Catholic Church is notoriously very good at keeping secrets. Indeedy so, do So, mm-hmm. so... Um, They do the first session in September, and Annalise starts talking about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. Her parents, for some reason at this point, are like, let's stop talking to doctors entirely and stop dealing with medicine and let's focus. Let's put all our energy into exorcism. Okay. For 10 months... In 1975 to 76, like that whole year almost, Uh 67 exorcism sessions are done. There's one or two done a week. And they last for up to four hours when they're being done. Annalise, during the culmination, during like all of these, she believes that she's being possessed by six I'm going to say celebrity demons. Do you want to know who the demons are? Obviously, if they're celebrities, I probably already know them. But Judas. Cain. Ugh. Of course. The top ones. Nero. Oh, yeah. No. Lucifer. The one and only. The one and only. Okay. Adolf Hitler. Oh. And Fleischmann, a disgraced priest. Fleischman, how did you get in how there? How did you get in there? How did you get past the how bouncer? Did you, it's incredible. Like you got like Kane. You got fucking Judas. And and, and Fleischman. And Fleischman. Fleischman was like, I it's me, Fleischman. Hey Adolf. Hey everyone. It's me, Fleischman. So all you're these... just so excited to be there. I know. He's like, I just happen to be a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the demons inside her are, like, fighting each other for power over her body. And they're all talking through her. And it sort of manifests as, like, the movie The Exorcist. It's sort of this low, creepy growl that comes out of her when she's talking as one of them. I actually found online audio of her exorcism. Can you play it? No. I'm sure I can't. I don't... I'm sure I can't because I don't... Like, it's a rights issue oh totally i i would totally play it otherwise but i'm like we can't look be getting look sued. it up if you want look it up if you want yeah wow was it creepy did you listen to it it's creepy but it's also boring like it's long enough right. and you're also like it, she sort of is trying to tell a morality tale where she's like this is happening because few people pray okay so we were able to do this and 
she's speaking obviously in German and it's subtitled. So I'm reading the subtitles and somebody's translated it and they did a great job because at one point, one of the subtitles says, if only the dumbasses had a clue. And I'm like, Fleischman, is that you? <laughs> so the demons, like they pack an attitude, which I like. One demon in her is arguing um, that he wants the Pope and priests to talk more about him. I think that's Lucifer. And he's like, mm-hmm. we really need for people to know I exist. They argue with each other. And Hitler at one point says people are stupid as pigs. They think it's all over after death. It goes on. Good to know. Judas says of Hitler that he's just a big mouth who has no real say in hell. And this felt good to me because it's sort of good to know that, A, that Hitler is in hell and B, that he's not very popular. Yeah, that even in hell, he's he's just a real ass clown. Yeah, complete. (laughs) Annalise, she's not doing good. She is breaking her bones and (gasps) ripping tendons in her knees from continually like throwing her knees to the ground in prayer. She's really hurting herself. She stops eating completely during these later months of exorcism. Oh, God. She's 23 years old, and she fucking dies due to starvation and dehydration. Oh, They do an autopsy, and they're like, yep, she was in a semi-starved state for almost the whole year while this exorcism shit was happening. And... So what happens is the priests and the parents go to trial. What? Oh, yeah. Because they're like, uh, you killed this girl. Legitimately. You killed her. It's a Blanche Monnier situation where they're like, you took this young person that was mentally ill that needed help and you did not give them the help that they needed and you let crazy call the shots. You can't let crazy call the shots. Right. She's like, I'm possessed. And you guys are all like going with that. She's like, I'm not going to eat. And you guys are like going with that. You needed to do do medical intervention for a person that was mentally and physically ill and you didn't do it. So these doctors uh, testify and they're like, this girl was not possessed. Her behavior was combo pack of strict religious belief system mixed with epilepsy, mixed with mental illness. And the defense is like, well, exorcism is our constitutional right because of unrestricted exercise of religious belief. And the court's like, "Uh, no, you needed to help. So the two Roman Catholic priests are found guilty. Weird fucking case. So weird. So the priests are found guilty of negligent homicide. They're sentenced to six months in jail. It gets reduced to three uh, to three years of probation. Like, I think it's like, well, they're, like they were like, no you, more exorcisms for yeah, three like, years. Yeah, no more exorcisms. Like, they're like, you've given up sex. Just, here's three months. <laughs> you've done enough. You've done, you've enough. done your penance. They also <laughs> have a fine. German law lets the parents off the hook, totally, basically saying they've suffered enough. I mean, I don't agree with that sentencing, but I am conflicted. I am mm-hmm. about... What because they've tried all the medical interventions and none of it worked. That's the thing that I find to be troubling about this case is like they're saying, like, you didn't you didn't get her medical attention. It's like, what was the first how many years of her life that was all medical attention and none of it was working? Yeah, well, that might also have played a role in why the parents uh, didn't have to serve any time 
let's get you up to date. In like 2005, they released this horror movie based on her story. Mm -hmm. It follows the lawyer taking on a case of negligent homicide about a priest who like performs exorcism. And I think you might know it. It was called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And um, it was hugely successful in that it did win an MTV Movie Award (gasps) for Best Frightened Performance by Jennifer Carpenter. Good for you, Jennifer Carpenter. You go, you. Laura Linney was in it. She's the lawyer. I love Laura Linney. You're good at impressions. (laughs) I think, like, the really shocking thing to me is that there's a lot of religious people that are still completely convinced that she was possessed by the devil. And there are buses that go to her grave from Holland and people write her notes and pray at her grave and uh, ask her for whatever blessings and give her thanks for her sacrifice. Then in 2013, a fire happened at her, uh, where she had lived Mm -hmm. in the home she grew up in. Yeah. And authorities was totally spared. Oh my God. Could you imagine? That'd be amazing. Authorities are like, this was arson and everyone else, like all the locals are like, nope, this was the devil. This was an exorcism thing. Ooh, it's hard to fight crazy. (laughs) Well, all of it's what's so insane. I mean, I, I use that term flippantly, but what's so wild about this is like all of it is explained medically away. Yeah. Wow. Well, to this day, they still perform exorcisms. And I read that in 2018, there was like an influx. There's like been more requests for exorcisms than in the past. Like there's been a sharp increase in request for them. Interesting. I don't know why 2018. I don't know why 2018. I'm like thinking what happened. I'm like 2020. I actually can understand why. 2020, <laughs> devil is here. That's the story of Annalise Michelle. Thanks for sharing. on Poor Annalise Michelle. She I mean, sounded totally so sad. sad. Thanks for sharing. My turn? No one else is here. Um. So I don't know if you know this, but part of our Patreon deal is if you join Patreon, you can pitch us stories and we will do them. And this next story comes from a Patreon subscriber. Amazing. And you didn't see it, which is the best, because I was on putting up our um, teeny tiny creeply, Mm -hmm. and I looked at messages, and this is from one of our Ashleys. I don't know if I can say her last name. Don't. Okay, this is one of our friends, Ashley, and thank you so much for being a Patreon subscriber. And she was so nice, and she pitched this story And you know she's a dear reader because she was like, if you don't want to, all good. And I was like, girl, I actually understand that totally. But I was honored to do this story. This is from her hometown. And she talked about how it didn't get a lot of national press attention. It's kind of specifically in Maine. Everybody knows about this. So I was going to tell the story of Ashley Woolett. Can't wait. I got my information from WGME, Unsolved New England, News Center, Maine, True Crime Daily, Crime Watch Daily, Charlie Project, Press Herald. So a little bit about Ashley Willett. She's 15 years old. She's a sophomore in high school. Um, She's from Saco, Maine. It's just outside of Portland. And she's going to the Thornton Academy. She's a class of 2001. Um, I have to say, I love Maine. Maine is truly like a magical place. And people who are from Maine, I know to be very proud of being from Maine. In fact, I have friends in Maine. And I remember being like, you guys just like really love Maine. And my friend said, you know, honestly, it's not that like 
it's like shame on you for not being born here. It's that I'm just sad for you that you're not from oh. here. <laughs> wow. Mainers are proud, proud people. Like they know their state That's animal. Great. They know how many counties. What's the state animal? I think it's A the lobster. moose. Oh, okay. I think it's the moose. I could be wrong. Anyway, some things about Ashley Willette. She was super sweet, super nice. A friend is quoted as saying she was so much fun to be around. People were drawn to her. She was funny, silly. She was really happy and caring, super social. She loved talking. So same, Ashley, same. Um, And she had a lot of friends. On February 9th at 1999, at 15 years old, she wants to go to a sleepover. Her mom's like, sure, go to the sleepover. Play light as a feather, stiff as a board, do it. So she calls her mom to wish her good night at 10 o'clock in the evening. And then some boys stopped by and they decided to, you know, hang out a little bit and go to this other house. One of the guys was there was this guy, Jay Carney, and they were going to the Sanborn house, which had brothers, Stephen Danny Sanborn. And so Jay drives the girls, including Ashley, over to the Sanborn's house late at night. I'm sure they were, you know, they're teenagers, kind of up to no good. Let's be honest. Smoking a say doobie. That. Maybe smoking a doobie. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We weren't they there. They go over. They we were there invited. in the middle of the night. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. 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 Thanks, Carney. Jay. Thanks, Jay. So... They head over to the Sanborns' house, and they hang out, party a little bit, and I think everybody else leaves but Ashley. Ashley had a crush on Stephen, one of the brothers, and so she hangs back, and his parents even are like, you can spend the night, here's a couch. So they give her the couch. They all go to bed, the whole family goes to bed, and the family claims that she left at 2 a.m. That was the last anyone has seen her. Like, like they all went to bed around 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And sometime after that, she left. So at February 10th, at 3.57 in the morning, a car is driving down Pine Point Road in Scarborough, which is about 10 miles away from the Sanborns' house. And they find a body in the middle of the road. <gasps> Upon closer look, it is Ashley Willett's body. She's been strangled and her neck is broken. (gasps) She's 15 years old. Oh. Horrifying. The next morning, the parents don't know where she is. They're calling around. On the news channel, they start listing information about this body that was found. And they start listing tattoos and all this stuff. And her friends see this. And they're like, oh, my God, that's Ashley. That's her. And they know her parents are missing her. So... The parents are contacted, are located, and they're informed of their daughter's death. Obviously, the Sanborns are prime suspects, right? That's the last place she was seen. So the parents are interviewed. The boys, Danny and Stephen, are interviewed. How old are Um, they? 15 as well? Around 15. I think maybe a little older. Yeah. But um, I think they're all kind of between like 15 and 19 years old. Um. So warrants are distributed and the police are going over to the Sanborns house and searching everything. So according to some news reports, the police find some spots of blood and some evidence of sexual activity. That's kind of the vague, the vague sort of information that's provided. They then take Danny's car. They impound it. They find some blood spots in his car and patches of this brown grass that they find in his car that is similar to what was found on Ashley's body. Danny's story keeps changing. 
Like in an affidavit, he had said he went to school the next morning. In another, he said he was at the beach all day. So it's just like inconsistent stories. And I can't imagine like usually a story changing if it's like really far in the past, right? If like she went, you can't totally remember, remember, but it's it's like they found her body that morning. You know, if you went to school, you know where you fucking went. Exactly. There's not enough evidence to To indict anyone, to charge anyone, nothing. And he, of course, maintains his innocence. Keep in mind, she had a crush on Steven and Danny's a suspect, which I think is interesting. And they're brothers. Spoiler alert. This case is unsolved. <gasps> no. no one knows. Are you fucking kidding what me? What happened to Ashley I Willett. feel like you just solved it. <laughs> right. Three months later, they still don't have any suspects. The police haven't listed a prime suspect. Nothing. Three months later, this guy, his name is Angel Antonio Torres. People call him Tony. He had he was in um, Massachusetts for college, but he went to the same high school and was among the same circle of all the people that this Jay Carney and the Sanborns. He was that whole group was huge partiers. And this guy, Angel or Tony, he's coming back from college. He's like freshman year of college. And he's partying with all these high schoolers that he used to hang out with. Right. Mm-hmm. He was really he was really <laughs> popular in high school. He was athletic. He just loved to party. And so if all these yeah, high I mean, schoolers are popular having a party, in high school, why leave? Why fucking leave? But he, he left. He went to Massachusetts for college, but he was there for spring break and then also came back for Mother's Day. I guess his goal was to go to college. He was going to school for, like, business with a minor in Spanish. He wanted to help underprivileged kids. He was good. He was happy. And he was hanging out with all of his friends, like, going to the parties and all that good stuff. And because it's a small town, obviously with what happened with Ashley, that was the topic of conversation. One night, Tony was hanging out with his parents, and it came on the local news. And he was like, I know who killed Ashley. He was like, I know. I know who did it. 100%. I know who did it. And his parents were like, what the? And his dad told him was like, listen, either you go to the police or you shut up and don't tell anyone. Whoa. His dad was like, you know, witnesses can disappear. Like, fucking go to the police or don't tell anyone. So shortly after, May 21st, Tony's out at his ex-girlfriend's apartment and he's partying with all these guys, including Jay Carney. The Sanborns are there. And at one point, so Tony and Jay Carney are hanging out and they're like, we're going to go to the corner store, which was like a two minute walk. It was right on the corner. And the two of them were involved in selling drugs. And apparently there were people that were unhappy with the quality of drugs that they had sold them. Oregano. Um, Oregano. Not happy. And they leave at like 2 a.m. Only Jay Carney comes back. And he's like, Tony got picked up by this red pickup truck. He wanted to go back to his apartment up north. No problem. Apparently, Jay comes back. He's like a little shaky. His pants were rolled up and maybe a little wet or something. And there's obviously no water between there and there. That was the last time Tony was ever seen. Oh. Tony's disappeared. What? It took a couple days. He disappeared on May 21st. His family called missing persons on May 24th because they thought he went up to his girlfriend's place. And that's why we know this story about Tony knowing who did it is the family's like, he said he knew who did it. And then he died. He disappeared. He did not tell his family this is who? No. He just said, I know? Yeah. What a weird thing to say. Why would you sit next to somebody and be like, I know who did that? And not say anything. Go on. So... His, he's disappeared completely. There's been no body found of Tony. 
nothing. Are there, well, obviously, it sounds like if his it sounds pants like fucking came back legit, wet, right? Well, and it sounds like there was some sort of putting him in water. Was there water nearby? I mean, it's Maine. There's, like, so much forest. Oh, there's, there's so, so much, much water. Like, there's so many areas of Maine. Maine's so fucking massive. Is this massive. on the coast? I don't know if it's on the coast, but I'm sure there's just, like, inlet lakes and things like that. It's just like they're on foot. You feel like they would be, like, here are, are they the on bo- foot? Or, like, oh. was there a car? You know, you don't... Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Ugh, it's got really, to solve this. Yeah, um, and it's crazy because the way that our Patreon subscriber, her name is Ashley, she was like, no one dies in Maine. Like, I know we talk about Maine being this, like, like Stephen King kind of creepy place, but mm-hmm. it's really not. It's a small place, and everybody knows everybody. So these, the, these really stand out in the grand right. scheme of things because it's so rare that this happens up north, up there in Maine. Because, again, people are so proud to be in Maine. They Everybody, like, loves their neighbors. It's, like, a really special place. So Tony is declared dead in 2004. And obviously the police... So Tony, Tony's parents and Ashley Willett's parents obviously both think that the their disappearance and deaths are connected. The police have told Tony's parents, and they're fully aware that he was selling drugs, that he was a drug user, he was a partier. And they're like, maybe drugs did have something to do with it. This like red pickup truck, something could have happened to Tony in some way, shape or form. But Ashley's mother obviously is still trying to find out who killed her daughter. She has filed a civil suit against the Sanborns for not the parents for not protecting her daughter, like that they were responsible. That case has been dropped, but she talked about how she wanted to be across the table from the Sanborns and be like, what the fuck do you know? Because someone knows something, you know, definitely fucking knows something. She got 10 miles from where she was last seen two hours later. She didn't fucking walk there. No. After the disappearance of Tony, Jay moved to Rhode Island and in 2015, he died of a drug overdose at 36. So he's taken some secrets with him, presumably. So he's, yeah, so he's out. Danny Sanborn, he grows up and he has, he has run-ins with the law. This guy is not an upstanding citizen, if you will. He was charged, he was found with heroin enough to distribute, and he assaulted a police officer, and he goes on to spend three years in prison. Like, this guy becomes well acquainted with the law, and they, he becomes really involved in this drug circle. Crime Watch Daily, they did a piece on it, and they interviewed Stephen Sanborn. They found him, and they interviewed him. And he was, he had two shiners in his on his eyes, like he had two black eyes. And he was, in my opinion, clearly on something. And here are some quotes that he denies everything. He denies knowing anything. He says, you can read all you fucking want. It doesn't mean you're not, you know, you have knowledge about what the fuck you're talking about. I would never hurt a friend of mine, especially a girl. I love girls. Ashley had a crush on me. He's like, you're barking up the wrong fucking tree. She knows I will always love her as a friend. And there's something about Steven that I I don't think he did, did it. But I think he knows more than he lets on. Because he was like, I took a lie detector test. I never lawyered up. Like, these are things that he's saying that he's like, I have nothing to hide. I don't know anything. And they're like, have you talked to your brother? And he's like, I don't ask him stupid questions, is what he's saying. And he's talking about how... Do you think he thinks it's his brother, but doesn't know? 
yeah. but is like the vibe of like when he says I didn't I don't I, ask him stupid exactly. questions it makes you think that he's exactly. like I don't want to, to know talk to him about this exactly. I'm scared of what I might find out yeah and he talks about Tony he's like Tony sold coke he was like that guy was involved in drugs that's what happened like he was like he sold drugs he was like it's way it's way more probable that Tony's disappearance has to do with drugs and with what happened with Ashley and then they were like well did your brother and Ashley have sex that night and he was like I don't know the police would know you know they have the DNA so he's like with everything with him, he vehemently denying all involvement on his end. But when they start asking about his brother, that's when he's like, I haven't asked him anything. I don't ask stupid questions. I trust my brother. He, I'm not going to. Sort of generalization. Generalization and denying in a way where he's not saying 100% it wasn't him. Yeah, the language is careful. The language is totally careful. And he says, I'm suffering just as much as the people who need closure is what he's saying because this is trailing him and he misses his friends that I didn't love because I'm like this mother her her daughter died her not daughter was murdered the way this, that mother no. is and these and these two other parents the Torres's parents their son yeah. is missing missing no closure for them the police are not commenting on either of the cases although they have conducted over 200 interviews they tested DNA like hair body fluids fingernails fingerprints carpets like textiles all these things they've tested everything they still have not concluded who it was as i said maine is a big place there's lots of wilderness so maybe tony is out there somewhere both cases are open and active as of february 2020 a year ago they were trying to find new leads they were asking for help today ashley willette would have been 37 years old oh and if you have any information, just contact the Maine State Police if you know anything about the death of Ashley Willett and the disappearance of Angel Antonio Torres. It honestly reminds me of the very first story we did, Lauren Spear yeah. at IU, where this guy at a party told my friend that he knew who killed her. Ugh. You know, and she went and got contacted the police. And, you know, it's just... There's a lot of rumor. There's a lot of hearsay. He could have been, Tony could have been posturing about it, right? He's like, well, I know who did it. He could have said with such certainty it could have been flippant. But the fact that shortly after he disappeared. It doesn't with look the, good. And he was with the same group of people that were with Ashley when she died. It just is like, that's People be hanging fucking, out with you and dying or going missing. It's not a good look. It's too fucking convenient. Agree. But yeah, that's the case of Ashley Willette. And, of course, Angel Antonio Torres. Fascinating. And I hope they solve it. Yeah. Look, dear readers, we're glad you're here. We're glad you spent the hour with us. And thanks for being – and, Ashley, thanks for being a Patreon subscriber again. We thanks really appreciate that. Thanks for being a that. Patreon subscriber. If anybody wants to join, there's still a few lucky slots. There's a few lucky <laughs> – <laughs> There's a few lucky spots left. So get them while you can. Get them while you can. Get them while going. you can. They're going, going, going. Going like hotcakes. Hotcakes. It's like – at this Short point, if you were to join Patreon, you would essentially be paying us, like, I don't know, 10 cents for every episode we've ever put in your ear hole. That's, like, That's pretty nothing. fair rate. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. I mean, I guess you could argue... <laughs> Or I could just not pay you and get them for free. That is a that is that's an we argument. Offer. That is that is that's something we offer. How savvy of you! <laughs> <laughs> we do love a deal. We appreciate a deal. But if you're not going to join, at least write me and tell me what you're spending that ten cents on. I'm curious. Oh, please, yeah, garlic. 
Is it a spice? <laughs> is it a spice? Is it a root vegetable? Garlic, perhaps? Are you spending 10 cents on garlic clove? I heard if you put that in your vagina. So is it a medicine? Are we saying it's, it's a, a medicine? It's a medicine. It's garlic suppository. It's a suppository. And that's it. Solved. <laughs> we solved something.